When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. It was a pretty busy week in the hockey world. Not only did the Stanley Cup Finals begin, which we'll touch on in the second segment, but the player awards were voted on and announced this past Tuesday. So Taylor, why don't you give us a rundown of everything that happened in that uh, award ceremony? Yeah. I mean, well, the ceremony itself was kind of awkward. I, I feel like the NHL awards are always like a little cringy with the jokes and stuff mm. like that. And Keenan Thompson was pretty good. I really liked that they had, um, you know, some of the presenters they had come out. Um, there's like, remember the Kraken fan who noticed the the mole that was like cancerous on the back of like yeah. the two of them, like, like, and, um presented and then like uh chris snow the assistant gm of the flames who has als he presented with his family all of that was really cool some of like the skits are just like a little cringy but i feel like that's to be expected but um (laughs) i mean like it it was a shorter ceremony it wasn't how they normally do it um like maybe half the awards the smaller ones were announced um in the weeks leading up to this the the voting Mm -hmm. was done before the, the playoffs started so um we're just kind of figuring out the results but yeah we can go through I, at least like the key uh winners uh of the award yeah let's do it where penguins players finished in the voting i, I know there's mm-hmm. some controversy <laughs> like well at least with fans i i see penguins yeah. fans getting mad nothing new there but um Never. I, I the biggest so the heart um you know the mvp to his team uh austin matthews won that kind of no surprise um McDavid and Shesterkin were the were the runners up um I voted for Shesterkin for this I and so looking at the full tally um 15 different players received votes um no Penguins players received votes for the for the heart for for MVP now this is the one that I've seen Penguins fans mad about on like Twitter because so Crosby didn't get any votes for the heart. Do you, what do you what do you think? Do you think Crosby should have gotten? I don't know. It was such a weird season because so many players were in and out of the lineup with injuries. It's like even Crosby. It's it would have been really difficult to justify voting for any Penguins player as MVP, like worthy of being most valuable to his team out of any other team in the league. Like they, they had a very bizarre season and they ended up doing a lot better than everybody thought they were going to do. But at the same time, like 
guys like Evan Rodriguez carried the team early in the season. And then as players kept getting healthy, it was kind of like hit or miss. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that was the wrong move. Like I, there was no one particular play. I mean, like Sid was playing really well in the playoffs, but that's not taken into consideration into this voting. So I, I think that, eh, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me that, there weren't any penguins who received any votes because there it was so fluid this season. None of them really were the consistent MVP to the team. I don't know. That, that's my thought. That, I mean, that was my thought process too, for not giving, you know, Crosby a vote, you know, the way we vote, we, you pick five, you, you vote for five. He wasn't, mm-hmm. he wasn't one of my five. Um, and just kind of like you said, there were so many depth players who stepped up. I mean, Crosby, he missed sweater on like 15 games between COVID. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the injury to start the season coming back from his surgery. And they did really well in those games without him. That's not to say that, you know, they were better without right. him. But it's like, I think people see the heart and they mistake it as like a, like a best player award. And that, that's not what it is. That's mm. not, The Ted Lindsay is the best player. The players vote on that. This is most valuable to his team. Um, yeah. And, you know, when they're doing that well uh, without him. And, you know, he... Um, Gensel led the team in goals. He and Gensel both let, tied in points. It, it's just hard to justify that he was more yeah. valuable to the Penguins than, you know, some of these other guys were. I mean, like Shesterkin. I voted for Shesterkin because if the Rangers don't have Shesterkin, they're probably not making playoffs. Cooked. Um, yeah. You know, and same, you know, like McDavid. McDavid, you know, finished second. You know, like Drysaddle doing well mm-hmm. hurts McDavid for the, for the heart because then you can say, like, how valuable is McDavid? I mean, McDavid Mc- Mc- is also obviously very valuable to his team. But yeah. Dreisaitl being as good as he is. Grand scope, yeah. It kind of hurts McDavid mm-hmm. and, you know, this. So that's why. I, I, But, yeah, I know Penguins fans were, I don't know, like my replies, like, oh, Crosby was, like, disrespected. It's like, I don't I, – I, looking no. at, like, yeah, the field, it's hard to justify him being, you know, like the top five here. So, um Ted Lindsay, yeah. I mentioned Matthews um, won that, so he was MVP and the best player. Roman Yossi and McDavid were the were the finalists. That and it, since that's voted on by the NHLPA, not the writers, we don't have the, the full yeah. results, so I don't, we don't know. Um, the the closest one was probably the Norris for top defenseman. Um, McCarr and Yossi were. I mean, everyone knew going into this, it was going to be one of them. It was a very yeah. narrow margin. Kale McCarr won it. Um, Roman Yossi actually had more first place votes. He had 98 first place votes. McCarr had um, 92 first place votes, but just like the point okay. total, the distribution, McCarr barely, uh, you know, edged out Yossi. What do you think? McCarr mm. expected? Yeah, I. I was expecting him to win, and I would have been shocked if he didn't. Not that Roman Yossi isn't deserving of that kind of an award but I think that this season Kale McCarr was just far and away the top tier defenseman in the league and just even watching him in the finals which again we'll get to like he's just he is so skilled and so intelligent like he he is just an all-around incredible hockey player and he deserved to win that award so I think that that was well earned on his part and not surprising that it was close, but 
definitely he he deserved to win that Le- one. Letang finished uh, seventh. He had 18 fourth place votes and 19 fifth place votes. I, I didn't have Letang in my ballot. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess cool to see him finish seventh. I don't know if I would have yeah. put him seventh there. It was really kind of a big drop off after Makar and Yossi. Um, yeah. But um, Calder, uh, Marie Sider with Detroit, with the runaway favorite, everyone kind of knew it was going to be mm-hmm. uh, him. He had 170 first place votes out of 195, just oh like God. not <laughs> close at all. Trevor Zegris uh, was the runner-up. Michael Bunting was was third. Um, Michael Bunting, I think, if you look at you know the seasons the rookies actually had, I think Michael Bunting had a better season than Zegris. Um, Michael Bunting mm-hmm. is also like twenty six years old, and I know a lot of people didn't want to vote for him because of that. Um, mm. Because you know, guys like Cider Zegris, very young. Michael Bunting. I mean, he, he was in the minors right. for a couple of years, and um, I mean, I, I, and not surprisingly, no, no Penguins receive votes for the Calder because yeah, <laughs> I, who who was yeah. there? Yeah, <laughs> who still had a really good one game? <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Vesna, Vesna is one that another one that the writers don't vote on. This is uh, voted on by the GMs. No surprise, uh, Shesterkin won that one. Uh, out of 32 yeah. vote, uh, votes, he had 29 of the first place votes. They were just like not even close. Um, other first place votes yeah. went to Anderson, Vasilevsky, and Sorokin, probably from their own okay. GMs. You have to figure, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tristan oh Jari finished tied for seventh. Nine different goalies received votes. He, um, Finished tied for seventh. He received one third place hmm. vote, which I, I don't know. I assume it's Hextall, right? Probably. It would have to be. Who else would even think to vote Yeah, it just was probably like Ron Hextall being a good guy, given Jari, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jari's seventh for the for the Vesna. Um, the Selkie is another one where Penguins players received uh, votes. Obviously, um, the best defensive forward, Patrice Bergeron. They might as well just like rename this award after Patrice Bergeron. It feels like every year Seriously. it's not even close. And, um, he was on like so of the of the ballot. He was on every single ballot. You know, some of these awards, there are guys where you know the winner might not be on every single person's ballot. Every mm-hmm. person voted for Bergeron in at least you know at least some capacity. Um, okay. The Penguins. So looking at there were. Um, 38 different forwards to receive votes here. Um, Crosby and Rodriguez are both tied for 34th. Um, each received oh. one fifth place vote. Now, you're like, who is voting for Evan Rodriguez? I saw that. I'm like, okay, it has to be yeah. someone from Pittsburgh being a little goofy. Um, no, I looked up, you know, the, the, res- like the actual ballots are made public. The Evan Rodriguez vote came from a Vancouver writer. Um, the oh. Crosby vote came from a Boston writer. So, like, we did, I mean, again, I didn't have him on mine. Um, and I think people look at people. This was another one I know Penguins fans are mad about because they're like, oh, what Crosby's like the 34th best defensive forward. No, we're not ranking the top 30 or so. We're, we're only picking five. And if he's outside of the five, it's really just kind of a crapshoot yeah. after that because you have different right. writers from different teams, you know. 
cities, you know, putting like their guy like fourth or fifth or whatever. Yeah, and it's all based on the the yeah. season, not players as a whole. It's how they performed throughout the past season, and I think that that's something else that people don't want to acknowledge whenever they go on Twitter and get really angry. It's like this isn't this isn't overall. This is just looking at cumulative their performance, and that's how they're voted on and that's okay and sometimes guys aren't always going to be in that top five spot yeah looking at my I pulled up my ballot I mean I had Bergeron first obviously Barkov second um Lindholm third I feel like those three are pretty easy Anthony Sorelli a a, a really good um defensive forward Mm -hmm. for Tampa and we we are seeing that in the finals too obviously this was done before the finals um and then my fifth was uh Kopitar um I, I guess, you know, Crosby could have gone in the fifth spot, but again, it's like, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, who, yeah. But it, it's fifth, not at all. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, a couple other ones, King Clancy, that's like the leadership off the ice and humanitarian award. PK Saban got that. Um, th- this is one where teams nominate a player. Um, they're, it's voted on by the like NHL executives, so like we don't have the results. The, the, the Penguins mm-hmm. nominee was Brian Russ, which I couldn't tell you one specific thing he did in the community. Um, yeah, that name was not the one I was expecting. Not that I was really expecting any, but that one just seems like oh yeah. I mean, okay. guys all do different kinds of like you know donations mm-hmm. stuff like that, but the Penguins weren't going to win this one. Um, Jack Adams, yeah. uh, Daryl Sutter won it. Um, Mike Sullivan finished eighth. So this one is voted on by the broadcasters. Um, so Mike Sullivan got two first place votes. I don't know. Is that like just mirrors and airy? <laughs> um, you know, oh and gosh. then he got, uh, three second place votes. Like, is that just like the Penguins, you know, broadcasters? I don't know. Oh um, God. I feel uh. like. That's a shame. Yeah, I he should have for sure finished higher higher than eighth because again you look mm-hmm. at you know Crosby, Malkin, and those guys, and they they're getting so much yeah. out of these these depth players. You have to give Sullivan some credit mm-hmm. for that, right? Yeah, and it I feel like that has happened the past couple of years where there have been like really critical injuries to star players early in the season and the penguins start really, really well. And then the stars come back and everybody forgets what happened at the beginning of the season and what Mike Sullivan had to do to get the penguins where they were to even be competing for a playoff spot. Once that time comes, I think that people just have such short term memory that they they're blinded by the, the big names in the locker room. And when those guys come back, they're like, Oh, well, if, if this guy had Sidney Crosby on his team, he'd be going to the playoffs every year too. It's like, yeah, uh, mm, but look at, look at the first half of the season, what he had to deal with. And then even in the second half of the season, like he, he always deserves better than he gets in that voting. And ultimately these awards are kind of like, ah, whatever. Like I, I think these guys would much rather be where Colorado and Tampa are right now than talking about awards but at the same time as a spectator it's frustrating to see a coach get the kinds of results out of depth guys like Sullivan consistently gets and then have him be eighth in the voting like that just that just seems like 
not not great. Yeah, not great. Um, the Mark Messier Leadership Award. So the, this award, it's um, I mean, it's Messier's award. He is the only voter. <laughs> it just he picks the guy. <laughs> I mean, like he takes suggestions from like different league personnel, but at the end, it's just like well, whatever Mark Messier wants. They get a trophy. Kopitar got it. Kopitar got it this year. Hard to argue with. I mean. There are no runner-ups. It's just Mark Messier picking his favorite guy. I don't yep. know. I mean, not much to talk about with this one, but I don't know. Should there be other awards like that where it's just like one former play, Like the Henrik Lundqvist style award, something like that. Just That would be awesome. I would love to see the that. The Paul Bissonnette like, off-ice performance trophy where he just picks like the yep. coolest guy off the ice. Yep. And you really can't argue with it. And, that, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Like just another – I think that would be way more fun to to watch than like the NHL trying to put on this weird sketch type show to announce these awards. Like give us give us some more former players just shooting yeah. you know, shooting the breeze basically. Like we just yeah, like especially the entertaining ones like Paul Bissonette. Like I would I would love to see who he would to be anything really at the end of the season I, I would love that um not not many others worth talking about so the the masterton everyone knew this is going to be i mean this is you know perseverance sports sportsmanship dedication to hockey i think everyone knew that this was going to come down to carrie price and kevin hayes um both of them dealing with you know pretty serious injuries but then carrie price also dealing with you know the substance abuse and working back from that kevin hayes obviously lost his brother um, but like Brian Boyle finished one, two, three, four, um, six. And like Brian Boyle did not play last year, and then he comes back from that and he finishes six in the dedication mm-hmm. perseverance. Like the runner up after after Price and Hayes, it's uh Chara, and then after Chara gets laugh. You know who they get the we talked about this one. Mm-hmm. This is one that was announced earlier. They got those votes for being old. Chara and Getzlaff yeah. persevered yep. through a couple of extra rotations around the sun. What an inspiration. Brian Boyle did that yeah. too. He just also didn't play last year. But Chara's a couple years older, so Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> just like That's so it's all so it's I know. Such a I can't joke sometimes. Like I can't. Uh, he got. I, I. I mean, I voted for him third. I don't think Brian Boyle should have been above like Price and Hayes. But how does he not get third? Yeah. Um, it's an outrage. Lady Bing. That went to Kyle Connor. Mm-hmm. This is. I don't think we should be voting on the Lady Bing. That's like the gentlemanly conduct award. And how do I how know? You know? <laughs> All we're doing is looking at like the the penalty minutes and picking a guy who doesn't have a lot, but is also like a good player and preferably like an okay person too. I voted for Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor could be like the biggest jerk down there, like running his mouth, and I wouldn't know, like you know, right? <laughs> but so I don't know. That's one that I think the players should vote on. Uh, the, yeah, the last that one, it's like the the All Star teams. Um, Crosby, you know, he finished ninth among centers. Again, that's not saying he's the ninth, the best center, but this is one where we only get to make three picks if he's not in your top three. Yeah. Four people had him third. I didn't have him third. Um, uh, okay. left wing. So the, the top three were Gaudreau, Huberto, and Kaprizov. I mean, get, I saw Penguins fans mad that Gensel wasn't in there, but like, I wouldn't, 
I don't know who oh you bump God. off for Gensel. Um, goalie Tristan Jari finished tied for 11th. Um, he got one third place vote, tied with uh, Tuka okay. Rask, who like didn't play this year. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know who was given Tristan Jari third place vote, and then uh, defense. The rankings are pretty much the same as the Norris because it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, Chris Letang finished seventh, so that's right. that. No Penguins really. Not much to talk about, but I don't know. Who that's okay. It was a team effort this year. That's that's really all what it came down to is nobody really stood out because everybody had to step up, and that's fine. Some years are just yeah. like that. I don't know. I mean, I I, I did, the only Penguin anywhere in my ballot was Boyle third for the Masterton. I just. No, no one individual stands out. That's I don't think that's disrespecting Sidney Crosby or Evan Rodriguez. Yeah, or, <laughs> it just, it, it's it's no disrespect. Yeah, it just, there are a lot of good candidates around the league. Yeah. Well, interesting stuff. Some of it makes sense. Some of it doesn't, but that's okay. Why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. So it was before game one of the Stanley Cup finals. And today is also Wednesday when we're recording and it will be before game four of the Stanley Cup finals. But as of right now, we have watched three games in this matchup of the Avs and the Lightning, and it has definitely not disappointed so far in all three games. The home ice team has had the advantage uh, handedly. Colorado took the first two and then Tampa took game three at home. And it has been a lot of fun to watch. Oh my God, it's been incredible. I like the fact that Tampa kind of ran away with game three the way that they did was a bit, um, it, it felt like kind of a turn of the tide in the series because even in the first period of game three, Colorado was sort of like dominating. And then once Tampa uh, took control, they never really looked back, but it's man. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit speechless thinking back. I haven't seen all of each of the games, but I've seen most of each of the games and I'm just, I'm impressed by the talent and the speed of the abs. And I'm very impressed by the resiliency of the lightning and it's just been crazy and I'm not sure what to expect in game four tonight but I'm sure it's going to be good what have been your takeaways throughout this series so far yeah Tampa bouncing back in game three was one of the biggest things because I think I I think going into the series I think both of us picked Colorado in seven yeah and you know after watching the first two games you know Colorado winning I'm like oh they might sweep this because yeah you know Tampa Going back, you know, the, their last two runs, too, they all they haven't always had good game ones, but they typically do bounce back in game two. If they yeah. Do. Obviously, you know, they did go down um, uh, 0-2 to the Rangers and then came back, mm-hmm. but typically they don't have those two bad games in a row. And, right. I mean, the first game is close, but then, you know, game two, they lost 7 nothing. Mm-hmm. The Avs put seven past Vasilevsky. And yeah. you know, when I saw that, you know, it's not that, you know, 
you know, you expect Tampa to bounce back and get the win, but even if they don't, you don't expect them to lose that bad. And you look at, you know, yeah. like the shots on goal, the shot attempts, and like the heat map, and Tampa wasn't in it at all. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it was just so, out, you know, unmatched. And then, I mean, yeah, again, seven pass Vasilevsky, insane. And I think, you know, wild. letting in seven goals in the Stanley Cup final game would rattle any other goalie other than Andre Vasilevsky. And then mm-hmm. over Vasilevsky to come back in, in, in game three and have such a great performance. Um, right. I think, yeah, that resiliency stands out. And that's when we're seeing, you know, this, uh, the experience and, of this Tampa team, you know, that they've been there. Yeah. As often as they have, that they are able to come back from a 7 nothing mm-hmm. loss and then have a really decisive win in game three. So, It'll be interesting to see, yeah, again, where it goes from here because it's what they say. It's not really like a series until you lose one at home. Um, yep. I, I don't know. I So now I after the first two games, I was like, dang, Colorado's going to sweep this. And then now mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's going to go like six or seven. Uh, but it's yeah. a fun series. So fun. And looking back at the past two Stanley Cup Finals matchups, like Dallas, eh, uh, Montreal, Tampa has not really and I keep I keep thinking this but then I realize like okay I can say Tampa hasn't played a team like this avalanche team yet but this avalanche team is like something else so not very many teams have played a team like this unless they've played the avalanche like they are right now and it's it really is going to be interesting to see where it goes from here and I keep thinking back to the 2017 Stanley Cup Finals where the Penguins took the first two at home and then looked really bad on the road in Nashville. And then as soon as they got back to Pittsburgh, they clinched the series with that game five win and then just took it took it over in game six. So it you just never know the way that this kind of thing is going to take a turn. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to say with the game tonight being in Tampa as well, if if that's a, if we're going to see if that was like a turning point in the series, or if it's just, these are two really evenly matched teams who do well at home. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to the game tonight. I, it's just been so much, it's been incredible hockey. Like it's so much skill, so much scoring, so much good goaltending, like on both ends of the ice, like, cause, cause for Darcy Kemper to get a shutout, that was a big deal too. Like, cause that was sort of both of our hesitation in picking Colorado was like, okay, well, yeah, they're a way better team, but they don't have Andre Vasilevsky in net. And it all kind of comes down to the type of goaltending that goaltending that they're going to get from whoever it is that's starting in net. And up until game three, it was looking pretty good. So it, it just feels like this is one of those series that's very up in the air right now and really could go either way. Yeah. And we're seeing, you know, like unlikely guys step up too, like uh, Burakovsky, not that he's a bad Mm -hmm. player, but I mean, uh, the game, the overtime game winner in game one, and then he had two goals in game two. I don't think Mm -hmm. anyone saw uh, him stepping up like that. And you know, these, these Colorado guys, there aren't many, players on the team who have been to a cup final or have won and Burkhoff yeah. is someone who has he won with the caps mm-hmm. um so yeah it'll be interesting to see what kind of you know unlikely heroes we see uh step up I'd love to see Jack Johnson you know have a pivotal moment whether it be a goal or I, I don't know something like that it would just be cool 
I think it's a good story for him um, getting here. I did also see he just graduated college uh, after. Oh, did he? Yeah, from from okay. Michigan. You know, he said because obviously he hasn't been on teams that have had playoff runs or even mm-hmm. before coming to the Penguins, like even making it to the playoffs very often. So he said he's been able to do a lot of uh, spring courses online. Um, nice. Well, good for him. He said it's taken, I mean, like, 12 years since he left college um he said normally after 12 years guys are or people are doctors after 12 years of school but it's taken oh a long time so jack johnson he has a degree looking to get a cup um i'd i'd, yeah. I'd, I'd like i'd like to see colorado uh win just for the story I, but then that also means Corey perry would have lost three straight stanley cup finals that sucks for I know. I can't imagine. I mean, he's the first guy to go to three cup finals with three different teams since um, uh, Marion Hossa. Cause yeah. With the Penguins and then the Red Wings. So and then the Blackhawks, right? Yeah, he lost twice yeah. and then he, he won the third time. So I don't know if we're going to see another Hossa situation where Perry, you know, finally gets it done. Yeah. <laughs> I think Perry has won before, but um, yeah. Or if he's going to lose three in a row, that would that, that's, that'd be awful. That would be awful for him. But I really want this Avs team to win. I, I hope they win it all. It would be way more exciting, I think, for at least anybody who's outside of Tampa to to watch them win it. That's eh. yeah. I don't know. You you see this kind of like maps of like where each you know what each state is rooting for, and it's like no one no one's pulling for Tampa. <laughs> I don't think nobody. Yeah. Um. I mean, it would be cool to see you know uh, a dynasty because I, I mean I don't know if you'd call them a dynasty now, but if they win three in a row, for sure a dynasty. It would be yeah. cool to see that, but I I think more people want to see Colorado win. Yeah, nobody nobody ever cheers for a dynasty if they're not part of the town. But if you do see it, you're like, okay, that's cool. But yeah, nobody's nobody's pulling for that before it happens. We go Colorado, go. This it would be four in a row for Pat Maroon too if they win. Oh my god, he's the dynasty. He's really the legend. <laughs> he really is. I, I, I insane, <laughs> but insane. Reverse Corey Perry. Yeah, we're gonna see cool things, cool stories like that either way. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, game four tonight by the time you're listening to this that will have already happened so we'll see we'll see what goes down but either way it'll be a good game why don't we take one more break we'll be right back Vice President of Integrated Performance. That is pretty awesome. Taylor, I know you have some information on what that means for the team, what that role is, and then kind of like some background on Tina Murray as well, because that's that's just a really cool story there. Yeah, so uh, she's going to oversee the team's strength and conditioning staff, rehabilitation, uh, sports science, and medical staff. So, I, you know, this is... A, a new role um, they created for her coming in, and I don't know. Given the number of injuries, you know, the Penguins have had, especially the specific, yeah. you know, the core muscle, that kind of stuff. It'll, it'll be nice to have someone step in and kind of, you know, monitor all these kinds kinds of things and how they 
these different departments work together and hopefully try to get, you know, the injuries down because they've had, you know, yeah. they lead in man games lost every year. So, um, and she, she has a very lengthy resume. She says she's coming to the Penguins from the uh, Sacramento Kings of the NBA. She was the, um, their vice president of health and performance last four years. Hmm. Or, you know, same kind of thing. She deals with strength and conditioning. Um, analytics was a big part of it. Performance medicine, men- mental health, and performance psychology. Mm-hmm. She was big on there too. But I mean, she does have a hockey background. Um, so I mean, before before the NBA, she spent fourteen years as the director of sport performance for the University of Louisville. Um. And her hockey background, she was, you know, a strength and conditioning coach or consultant for um, a number of teams, including uh, University of Connecticut, Cornell, um, the Ducks, Hartford Wolfpack, AHL, Mm. the Florida Panthers. um, And she was the director of performance for the U.S. women's national team from uh, 06 to 2010. So, I mean, in that span, won two world championship gold medals and Olympic silver medal. So... Um, and then, I mean, educational background, she has a degree in uh, biology from a university in Canada, a uh, degree in education from Queen's University in Canada, master's in exercise physiology and sport nutrition from UNC Greensboro. Um, and she completed a leadership program at uh, Northwestern. So, Dang. Very lengthy resume. She does come from a hockey family. Um, her uncles are longtime NHL coach and GM Brian Murray and longtime NHL player and coach Terry Murray. So, uh, you know, she ha- she's worked in a bunch of different levels, collegiate, yeah. internationally, you know, basketball, but then also lengthy hockey background. Mm-hmm. She seems like a great hire on the Penguins part, especially given their struggles the past couple of years. Yeah. That is super exciting. And the fact that they're uh, kind of acknowledging that they've had a problem with that, as opposed to just kind of like crossing their fingers and carrying on and hoping that the injuries just stop like (laughs) that. That's exciting and really hopeful for them as a team that maybe they can kind of get some of that stuff under control because it did feel like it has felt like for the better part of the last three to four seasons, it's every single game. Somebody's going out with something that you can't, you can't even pinpoint like what happened there. Like Casey DeSmith in the playoffs. It was like, what he, nothing, literally nothing happened. And now he's having core surgery. So uh, yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of these injuries are, you know, fluky things that, you know, so it's not anything that, you can fault anyone for like they're training or like Brian, yeah. Brian Dumoulin crashing into the net in the playoffs type of thing. Right. Me. That's not like, mm, we need to look at how this is happening. No, that's just an unfortunate it happens, accident. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, these core muscle things, especially it's like Casey, he, you know, he has the, the surgery he's having, he had this, um, in the playoffs, he had that surgery last season on the opposite, side of his groin so uh, it's like a repeated thing um this yeah. without he's making progress we talked about on here he's skate he's skating he's on the ice i've i've been going to yeah cranberry because i have nothing better to do just to see if anyone's skating <laughs> and he's um he's out there today i saw him taking shots for the first time but okay. i mean he's out there he's doing a lot of work um uh and i know casey said he's not expecting 
any like lasting problems because again he did have the groin surgery on the other side last year I don't know if this is like an overcompensation thing where you know sometimes injuries can cause injuries on yeah other sides just because that side of the body I I don't know I'm not a doctor I'm sure Tina Marie knows um but like I, I so I don't know if that's related but you know stuff like uh I mean, again, how many of you guys have had core muscle issues? You know, Crosby uh, did. Jason right. Zucker was obviously hurt for most of the year. Um, so I don't know. If, if if Tina Murray, if all she does is keep, you know, Jason Zucker healthy, great hire. <laughs> because great. you're probably hire. not going to be able to move Jason Zucker. I feel like that's going to be pretty hard. Um, so, mm-hmm. But he just has to stay healthy. Um, if she can do that, incredible. Yeah, great hire. Very exciting. There's also another pretty cool thing that's coming to Pittsburgh. You were talking about that three-on-three league. Give us a little bit more information on that because that's so fun. Yeah, so it's a new uh, summer league. It's not a summer, you know, like there's like the beauty league and the Jersey Pro League where it's like NHL is trying to keep in shape for the summer. This is this is different. This is its own kind of thing. Um, playing in the summer because there's a void for summer, uh, for hockey in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um the league is called Three Ice. Uh, there are six teams, and so a lot of them, they are um, players who typically play in, like, the AHL or ECHL or overseas. Um, some players are former NHLers who came out of retirement to play in this league, but it's uh, entirely three-on-three. And the teams, so it's not like um, different cities have their own teams. The six teams travel. Um so they go to different cities. Opening uh, last week was opening week. They had a, um, they played like a series. So it was in Vegas. So the teams mm-hmm. play each other, and then there's a championship game. So there's a championship in each city, and um, a lot of Penguins connections. Um, I mean, it was found the commissioner of the league is Craig Patrick for Penguins GM Craig Patrick, um, Eddie Johnson, and his son is running the league. Eddie Johnson is involved in the league, but I mean, the six uh, teams, five of them, um, or four of them, four of them are former Penguins um, that are coaching. John LeClaire, Joe Mullen, Larry Murphy, and Brian Trottier are um, our coaches. The other coaches are uh, Carboneau and Grant Fear. Um, And then, I mean, the players that are, you know, former Penguins, uh, Jeff Tafe, but then also players who are coming out of retirement ryan malone is playing in it ryan malone yeah he left the nhl in 2015 he did play uh briefly leading up to um uh the last olympics trying to he played like 17 games Mm -hmm. for the iowa wild trying to make the team he didn't make it but um but he came out of retirement and then uh bobby farnham is is playing in this league which is great I mean, I mean, so um, he's on Trottier's team. I can't remember who, who Ryan Willem plays for. A couple of other, you know, guys who used to play for, like, Wolfsbury or, or Wheeling, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they so they come to Pittsburgh um, July 23rd. Um, so if you Google so Three Ice, the, the league name you can look up, um, you know, you, you just buy tickets for, like, the full day, and then all the teams they play, and they have their little championship game for Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, so it'll be, you know, really cool. Just, I mean, nothing mm-hmm. but three on three. I, I saw clips from the first, uh, you know, the first, you know, day of games in Vegas and it's like very fast paced. So a lot of goals scored. Um, 
Amazing. Really cool. So really looking forward to that. I'm going to do a story talking to um, a couple of the Penguins connections about, uh, you know, just their involvement in the league and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool, cool summer hockey. Yeah, for sure. Fast paced, fun. It's going to be awesome. And it's coming to Pittsburgh. That's so exciting. Uh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, it'll be really cool. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, everybody, as always, for listening to Podcast on Fifth Ave. We drop new episodes every Thursday, so make sure you're subscribed, whether it's on our YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. We will be back next week for another new episode.